Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The defending champions are out. So too are Ghana. And after claiming some heavyweight casualties, the AFCON 2021 group stage is over and 16 remain in the hunt for the chance to be crowned the Continental Kings. I'm joined again by CBS Sports' Tosin McKinney and former Sierra Leone midfielder Michael Lahoud to recap the tournament so far as well as preview the start of the knockout stages. Ooh, it's getting tasty in Africa Cup of Nations. Kegel Lasso AFCON chat begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Gigo Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We're on Twitter, Gigo Lasso Pod, YouTube.com forward slash Gigo Lasso. We're so close to 8,000 subscribers. Right then, Africa Cup of Nations has been like just the most beautiful gift this January. So much entertainment, uh, just as we promised in the preview with these two fine gentlemen. Uh, it just gets better and better. Tosin McKinney, how are you, my man? Much better than any Ghanaian or Sierra Leonean is doing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you had to come in there with the shade straight away. Mike, Michael Lahoud, how are you, man? Ah, uh, you know, Tosin, I, I I saw your Twitter name is Nigerian Scams. I'm going to call you Nigerian Spams because that <laughs> yeah. the email message you were telling me about how Nigeria was going to suffer is full of you-know-what. Spam, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just, it's already too good. But welcome, Michael Hood. Welcome, Tosin McKindy. Uh, as I mentioned, this is kind of a, a recap of what happened in the group stages. Now, look ahead to, of course, the round of 16. It's been a great tournament. Before we get going, everybody, uh, fellas, uh, let's begin with you, Tosin, and then Michael, please chime in. But put your national team biases aside and just give me your highlight of the tournament so far. Tosin, you start, bud. Comoros. I mean, that's the biggest story. I mean, like, you could see a lot of people knew that was a country. Um, if you watch more African football, you know that Comoros is actually a country, first of all. Second, like, it's just amazing to see this, like, really small country not only, like, be in this tournament, but actually qualify their first time around. So Comoros is a beautiful story. That's that's really where I, I see it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that. And I, I think I remember that Morocco game in particular – where their goalkeeper was making saves that I've never seen before. It just completely stood on his head and very unorthodox. We've seen unorthodox goalkeeping in AFCON, but he got the job done and it really gave that team a lifeline. I'm, I'm going to go a, a different direction. A team that not a lot of people are talking about because they're getting their the job done without two of their star players, Gabon. Their talisman, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, it just has gone AWOL for him this year. Not healthy to pay, take part in the tournament, but 
gets sent home and the team, they play like a team. The show must go on and they're doing the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially obviously to that late goal that we'll talk in a second, but those are two great highlights to discuss in this tournament. I, I have to echo Comoros. Just incredible story. If you go to their Federation's uh, Twitter account and they're just celebrating in the dressing room, it's just what makes, you know, as a South American, there's, uh, there's a few stories, obviously, that you can get inside. But when you look at Africa and, and to your point, Tos, in a country that many didn't even know existed and now the fact that they're making it to the knockout stages for the first time in their history is really amazing. All right, let's uh, let's show those uh, results from Thursday. Des Norris on the screen Ivory Coast <laughs> defeated Algeria 3-1. And that's clearly the talking point of Thursday. The defending champions are out from a 35-game unbeaten run to two straight defeats. Only scored one goal. Where, why, what happened, Michael Lahoud, for Lever? What happened, Algeria? They were my pick to win it again. What happened? I, I think their minds were elsewhere. I think their minds are more on World Cup qualification, especially with the draw so close around the corner. They didn't look motivated. Last time out in the tournament, they looked hungry. Algeria and teams from North Africa that, that have done well in this tournament, they play like a team. This time you saw defenders throwing their arms up in the air. Riyad Mahrez looked like he his mind is on the next Premier League match, making sure he can keep his place for Manchester City. And in AFCON, you have to defend well on both sides of the sides of the ball. It doesn't matter what you do in Europe. It doesn't matter what your resume and your pedigree. The games are tight. The games are close. And I think it was down to their wingers. Their wingers did not track back. And teams had a field day, especially Cote d'Ivoire. I mean, the biggest thing about Algiers, when you see them in the beginning, the very first game, I was like, something's not right. I was like, something is not right. And you saw it from the beginning I thought the pickup on the second game didn't pick up in the second game. And then Cote d'Ivoire, I mean, like, I think don't think they defend that well. That's another point I'll talk about later. But they're going forward, man, those guys are scary. I mean, Kessier, Sangare, Pepe, Haller, and all those guys they have up front is scary. And they took Algeria to the sword. And that's, like I said, if you don't play like a team, you're going to get beat. And that's what happened. And it's something that we said before, like, you know, in AFCON, they don't respect where you come from. They really yeah. don't care if you play for Man mm -hmm. City. They don't care if you play for AC Milan. They don't care. And Equatorial Guinea showed it when they beat them. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, happen. no, absolutely right. I think another uh, good point as well is the fact that it's funny because, you know, I didn't think about it, Michael, but obviously looking ahead to the World Cup qualifiers is probably in their head. But, you know, the thing about Algeria is that they've been known to be, if they've been anything, they've been collectively yeah. together. And that's literally what didn't, happen in this tournament. So quite a story there for Algeria as they are out. Sadly, Michael, we have to talk about your uh, Sierra Leone who lose one nothing to Equatorial Guinea. Uh, commiserations, my friend. Quickly, give me some thoughts about your team uh, and just uh, overall thoughts about the, the group stages. I, I think if, if Comoros don't get three points in their last match, then Sierra Leone would be the, the major talking point on a positive note for this tournament. Mohamed Kamara, it, it's a Kamara family affair. You look <laughs> at the lineup, four Kamara starting, two on the bench, Kamara, Kamara, Kamara. On one end, Mohamed Kamara was sensational. Yeah. He's playing his football in Sierra Leone. That will not last for long. He will be going to Europe or somewhere else and making quite a bit of money. He I love sure. just yeah. what it meant to him in that first game, the tears, the pride, just so much emotion. And Sierra Leone, they played like a team. 
they they chose to defend first. Everyone, you know, nine players behind the ball and one lead striker for the counterattack. And they waited. And in the second half was where they really came alive. And they, they have young players. But this game, it was made for their talisman on the offensive end. A one Mr. Kai Kamara. I feel for him so badly. Kai, nine times out of ten, we've seen him. I mean, he is fifth on the Major League Soccer all-time scoring list. And you you expect him to smash that penalty kick. I thought he telegraphed it all the way. I mean, you could see that coming from the M5 all the way to you know the goalkeeper's left. And I just feel for him. But overall, I I mean, I'm, I haven't taken the jersey off since the tournament started. My, my fiance told me to put it in the bin too many times, but I'm not taking it off till it's all over. I just, this, this tournament, how the team performed, it just makes me so proud of this team. And it makes me really proud to be Sierra Leonean. And lastly, I, I'm bummed because I had a bottle of Moet chilling next to the TV. And then instead I had to drink water after uh, So, Hey man, open that up no matter what. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's always, it's always a good time. Go ahead. Thoughts on Sierra Leone, Equatorial Guinea, et cetera. Sierra Leone made me proud, man. Um, truly. Look, I know I made jokes, but like, you know, Funny enough, the first family that I ever met in America was a Sierra Leonean family. They took me in and they, you know, they, they basically fit, you know, my uncles and my aunties now effectively. So mm. shout out to them. Like, I've always had love for Sierra Leone. They, that game against Ivory Coast, I was so proud of them, man. Like, I, I was truly like that That goal they scored. I mean, yeah, they go give messed up, but Sierra Leone has a lot of heart. So, I mean, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll come back in the next couple of years, but it's nice. I think that's the one thing I love about AFCON is that you get to see these teams like you normally never see in these tournaments show up. And that's why I'm glad they expanded it because now we get to see more and more like teams that you never would have thought of. So big shout out to Sierra Leone. They, yeah. they show well. They show and, and to your point, teams uh, that either you don't hear, but also, you know, hardly ever hear like Equatorial Guinea as well. So that that's a good one there. By the way, Gambia. Uh, I mean, my goodness, uh, with that late goal against Tunisia and Mali that we've talked about for so much, 2 nothing against uh, Mauritania. Uh, so before we take a break, I just wanted some thoughts on, on both Gambia and Mali. Mali leading that group, of course. And uh, Tosin, you told me early on before, before this episode, in this episode, watch out for Mali. They are a force. Talk to me about them. I mean... His thing, like, and I and I and I say it all the time. A lot of people only watch Afcon during the actual Afcon. When you watch like the World Cup qualifiers, you watch the Afcon like qualifiers. You get to know a lot of more of these players. And the thing about Mali that I found out is like most of those guys that you see all played the youth tournaments that actually won. So that yeah. those like U seventeen teams, they they were all together. So now you see them progress, and it's not a shock to me at least because I'm just like. Dude, this, they brought him. Busuma. I remember the first game against Tunisia when they brought him Basuma off the bench. Basuma had to run literally from like their box to the other box. I was like, yeah, this team is, they got something else. And the striker who plays in Norway, that guy's getting a big move. He is literally, he's a unit. And I'm like, you you can't get past Those him. Those so. shirts, too, man. Those shirts are absolute gold. <laughs> so good. So good. So <laughs> Those shirts, it's crazy. Seeing those shirts brings back, and, you know, I, I still consider Nigerian spams, but I'm going to give Nigeria a shout. Um, it just it makes me think of those old 94 World Cup-esque 
retro yep. throwback sort of kits. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I see those jerseys. The JJ Kocha days. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's you, right. Reminds me of the 96 Nigeria kit. We won the Olympics. The one with the with the uh, eagle. Oh, the, the, the true goats, the true <laughs> super eagles with yeah. that one. That's right. All right. So let's uh let, quick thoughts here, Michael, on, on, on Gambia, by the way, who are who are in the knockout stages. They got a great goal against Tunisia at the end. This is a good team as well. Uh, out of nowhere in many ways. Yeah, it's a good, it's a it's a young team. And it's tournaments like this. We've seen it with other nations, the unexpected, unsung heroes of AFCON, Zambia, in years past, who aren't yeah. in the tournament. But these are the type of teams that people aren't expecting to get results. And all it takes is one goal and one big game to give them the confidence. They're a team that you do not want to face if you're a, a group leader because they're sh- they're showing against a team like Tunisia, it ain't over until it's over. So they will fight for everything. That's absolutely correct. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break before we come back. Uh, oh no, when we come back, we will talk about the knockout stages. Uh, basically, all the games, including Burkina Faso uh, against Gabon, Nigeria against Tunisia. We're going to talk about the Super Eagles, uh, Cameroon against Comoros, Guinea, Gambia, and so much more. Kigo, Lasso, Afghan, looking ahead to the knockout stages. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner, from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. AFCON looking ahead to the knockout stages. Tosin McKinney and Michael LaHood. We've already done the group stages, so let's talk about all these games. Before we get into each of these games and predictions and some, some of the storylines ahead, just a quick look ahead to what it looks like. It's Burkina Faso against Gabon that's Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, Nigeria, Tunisia later on that day, Guinea against Gambia on Monday, Cameroon, the host against Comoros, Senegal against Cape Verde Tuesday, Morocco and Malawi, Mali and Equatorial Guinea. So many good games. Let's begin uh, quick on those Sunday games, Burkina Faso and Gabon. Talk to me about this game. We, we haven't talked that much about Burkina uh, Faso there, Tosin McKinney. What do you make of them as they face Gabon? I don't know what to make of them. Sometimes they look good, sometimes they don't. I've said this before, and not to offend him, but your boy Bertrand Torreira reminds me of a 
poor version of Adebayo. I don't mean that no disrespect, <laughs> but he literally, they have the same gait. Like, they remind me of each other so much. Yeah, like, the inconsistency is, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, they remind me of each other so much. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. Gabon looks like a very solid team, though. The number seven who plays in France, I don't know his name top of my head. He's been showing out all tournament long. So, yeah. you know, at least in, in the knockout stage, you don't know who's going to be who and what's going to be what. But if I was a betting man, I will put my money on Gabon. I, I hear that, and I'm going to rebuttal. Not Fair just enough. because I'm still butthurt about Sierra Leone that you did, you, you had to put them through the mud at the start of the show. I'm still going <laughs> to let that go eventually. But I, I I like what I saw at times from Burkina Faso. Remember, mm. the, the hottest team in the tournament in terms of goal scoring and just how electrifying they are, are Cameroon. And we'll get to them later. But they showed out for 30 minutes against Cameroon and made them look like imposters in their home national stadium. Now you got to put that together for 90 minutes in that game against Cape Verde. I think I could see them bending, but not breaking and winning the knockout round one nil. They're two wingers. They are their, their lifelines. Am I talking about Bertrand Traore, Aston Villa's own Bertrand Traore and Traore. He hasn't shown out because he's been injured. Yeah, it's a long time. He's only coming back from injury. That's and an evergreen tweet there, Michael. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yeah, what a big tournament to try and get your legs and, and be the talisman for this team. So keep an eye on their two young speedy wingers. You know, they both have goals to their name. And and if they're going to progress, they're going to be the ones getting the goals. Yeah, the interesting thing about Burkina Faso, too, is that they don't need to have the ball to cause a, a kind of impact. Uh, that's what happened against uh, Ethiopia, even though it was a draw. It was that kind of game where it's like, you can have the ball, we'll, we'll do our thing. And that's, I feel, the kind of same similar strategy that they could have in the knockout stages. All right, let's go. Nigeria. Tunisia, Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Tosin McKinney. You can rotate anybody that you want from the Super Eagles. At this point, they are looking good. How confident do you feel? Uh, how realistically confident do you feel as they face uh, Tunisia? I'm very confident, but then again, this is Nigeria. Uh, Nigeria <laughs> could win all three games, and then Nigeria do some dumb stuff like give the ball over, and like then we lose 1-0. But, I mean, from what I've seen from Tunisia, I mean, like their first game against um, – their first game against uh, – them. Mali, Mali? Yeah. yeah, they look lost. Like mm. Mali, literally, like, and I hate to use this word. They use pace and power on them to the fullest extent. Like they literally body them, and they were like, "I don't know what to do." And I yeah. feel like with Nigeria, like we have that in abundance in Joel Rebo and Kelechi and in Didi. And I don't know. I'm very excited to see how we play against Tunisia because for me, Tunisia is there for the taking. We could yeah. we could honestly beat them, and they look lost today again against uh, Gambia. Gambia did them like for 90 minutes. Gambia looked really good against them. They had a penalty, which they missed, but Tunisia just looked lost. So I'm excited to see how we do. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I think the old guard of Tunisia, th this might be their last dance and last chance, really. Tunisia, they perform better in World Cup qualification than they tend to do in AFCON. And that pattern is holding true. I think the psychological impact of that refereeing decision in that close game against Mali they haven't been the same. And when you get shattered twice with a late goal against Gambia, they're 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 ripe for the taking. Nigeria, they're scary good too. They and please, 
for the love of all things pro Nigerian. Support your team, man. Support your team. <laughs> this, is support, this, this is supporting your team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's exactly how you support Nigeria. Uh, yeah, no, I expect Nigeria to steamroll. I think they they not only they're starting 11, but they, they have some talent on the bench. I think Musa in particular, he could be an impact sub that could benefit them in, in the knockout phases and moving forward. One of the key things in knockout competitions in a tournament is always not just your starting 11, but depth. And that's what Nigeria has. And I think that's going to be uh, the biggest advantage. All right, let's move on here to Monday. Michael, let's begin with you. We've talked about Gambia. Guinea, man. I mean, listen, they're an interesting team. They tied nil-nil against Senegal in the opening game. Then they lost to Zimbabwe 2-1 uh as well and oh, no, i'm sorry the opening was a win against malawi but then they tied against senegal and then they lost uh to zimbabwe so they, they they're they're kind of inconsistent right now they've yeah. they've shown us everything that they have what do you make of them against gambia i think they're a team that's so reliant on nagby Keita to run the show and come up with a moment of magic against malawi yes they won but malawi i thought they should have won that game malawi up until the goal that Guinea scored, had two or three one-on-one breakaways with the goalkeeper, and mm. the lack of quality in the final third cost them in the end when Guinea got the goal. What Guinea is good at, they play to the level of their opponents. Against yeah. Senegal, they probably had the better of the chances to win that game. They went toe-to-toe with them. Against Zimbabwe, they got a bit complacent, probably thinking about the next round. They're going to need to be sharp. Because Gambia, if you give them half a sniff, they will punish you, as they showed against Tunisia. I mean, yeah. I agree. I mean, I think the biggest thing with uh, Guinea is, like, they're so heavy on uh, Naby Keita. And I like him. I like Elix. I think Elix is a really good, talented player, but he just hasn't shown anything this tournament. I mean, it's his first AFCON, so, you know, really can't really expect him to do too much. But, you know, I feel like you get Gambia on the, on the, on the run and, hey. Yeah, That's it bad. should be an interesting matchup, specifically as well because of strategy and formation. Uh, you know, Guinea likes this sort of four-three-three where Keita can kind of dictate the midfield, uh, but also, uh, you know, well, it's more of a five-three-two. But mm-hmm. it's funny enough in the in the game, it come and reverts back to a four-three-three because Keita is able to do whatever he wants. But that should be an interesting game. All right, well, Michael, back to you about the hosts. Uh, this should be one of the highlights of the round of sixteens as Comoros has to face. Cameroon, what do you make of this game? Uh, how do you say do you give Kamara's any chance? Yeah, uh, no, au revoir. That, that's I was trying to figure out my French translation <laughs> for what to say. Au revoir, to Cameroon. Uh, Cameroon, they just have way too much firepower. They have the, the competition leading goal scorer in Vincent Aboubakar, and he is he is looking scary good, he's looking in the mm. form when he was in his heyday at FC Porto, that when he was terrorizing teams in the Champions League, he can score with his left foot or right foot. And when you can put Eric Chopamoting on the bench, that that tells you your team is pretty good. But what yeah. I like about this Cameroon team, they're two attacking midfielders. One is more of a creative, uh, and the number eight, I always forget his name, but it starts with an A, but he's more of a creative and midfielder who will drop off and dictate and try and spring those last passes. And the other one, he is more of a box-to-box midfielder who gets him behind. So they just have such dynamic movement in their attack. But the way Abubakar is playing, you got to give the edge to Cameroon. Yeah. 
I mean, same thing. I mean, the guy who I mentioned in the uh, place to watch is showing me again. You should have watched him. And Gisa, the midfielder yeah, from Napoli. Mm. Uh, Andre Frank Zabo Gisa, one of the best names in football. I love Angisa. I just, <laughs> you know, obviously Serie is on uh, on on Paramount Plus with with us. And the thing is, is I have to watch Napoli all the time, selfishly because Osimhen's there. And every time I watch Angisa, every single time, I'm like. This guy is impressive. I was like, how? I was like, I was like, how does nobody know how good Agis is? So this tournament is showing me again. I'm really yeah. good. So only thing I'll say about uh Cameroon, and I feel that we find against Cameroon's when they play against harder competition, is that defense, like the transitional defense, they can get hit on the counter really, really quick. So yeah. So neither of you see Cameroon's winning. Do you see a Cameroon win for both of you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think right. the magic, the magic of the, the small. Island of Comoros has come to an end. Uh, Cinderella, the clock is about to strike midnight. Well, Cameroon. I think it's fine, right? At least Cinderella had a few dances, and, that, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Tuesday then. Uh, Senegal against Cape Verde. Tosin, begin with you. Senegal, you know, we were talking about it. Time to wake up in the round of 16. It is. Senegal have not looked good at all. They maybe scored two goals this whole tournament, and you'd expect someone like Senegal to, like, really take off, but... Obviously, they had COVID issues and things like that. But still, I expect much better from Senegal. Um, mm. I hope this is the game where they wake. Well, I hope they don't wake up because I do not <laughs> want to see them. But, hey, listen, Senegal's talented. On paper, again, like Senegal, Ivory Coast, those are like the favorite teams based on paper, right? But Senegal have not looked good at all. So, hopefully, it's the game that they wake up and like they realize, hey, we are Senegal. We're favorites for a reason. So Yeah, the reset button, right? Michael? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Senegal need to be very careful going up against this Cape Verde team, uh, against Cameroon. Cape Verde, Cameroon was very dominant for the first 60 minutes, but Cape Verde are a team that Senegal could very well play right into their hands. Gary Rodriguez, he plays for Olympiacos. He's, he can pop up on the left. He can pop up on the right. He scored a heck of a goal against Cameroon. Yeah, end of the show, by the way. He's been on us. Uh, he's, yeah. a, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he, he a little, yeah. little cheeky cut. You know, ball goes down line, cheeky cut back. And then Ole between the legs, little Cruyff in the goal. He's the type of player that could terrorize the Senegal team where they, they have 10 shots. I think in all three games, except in two of the three games, they had 10 shots, three on target. They're not taking advantage of their high percentage opportunities. It's almost like they're trying to walk it in the goal. Against a team like Cape Verde, they just need one chance. And a Gary Rodriguez could be the difference maker in this game. There you go. By the way, our producer Des Norris, shout out to Irish-born Kate Verd and Shamrock Rovers, Rovers uh, center back Roberto Lopez. Tosin, one more point. Yeah, go ahead. Bob. Yes, Nigeria played against Kate Verd, and we almost lost to them if it wasn't for a freak on goal. So I'm telling you right now, Senegal, if you sleep, Cape Verde will wake you up very, yeah. very much so. so. There you go, especially in AFCON, my friend. All right, let's uh, let's stick here uh, to Tosin on Tuesday with Morocco against Malawi. This one, I think, to me, in my opinion, the toughest one to figure out. I'm not sure who can win this one. What do you think, Tosin? Me neither. But I feel like, again, on paper, Morocco is a really good team. Yep. They struggled. They, at the World Cup. Yep. They, did, they did struggle in their 2-2 draw. They struggled the, the other day. And it wasn't for Hakimi's brilliance and a bit of unseriousness from the goalkeeper. They would have lost that game. So on paper, they have the talent. I mean, Hakimi is arguably the best right back in the world. Um it, you can put whoever, maybe Cancelo, but Hakimi's up there, and they have yeah. talent. It's just, can they really get it together? And Malawi's one of those teams where it's just like, you don't know about them, and 
you can scout all you want, but again, this is AFCON. Those are sort of teams that will just show show out and make you feel silly. So they're the exact uh, example of your point about in Africa Cup of Nations, they don't care who you play for, whatever yeah. they're there to play. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Malawi can can have a point here, Michael, against uh, you know Morocco side that individually very good, but every now and again you can defensively look vulnerable. This is such a tricky game if you're in Morocco. If Morocco would have would have come in more focused, sharper in their last group game, then you give the edge to Morocco. But the thing about Malawi, they're so unpredictable, especially in the final third. What they have in their front three, runners, and it's chaos. They have strikers peeling out to the wing and camping out there. Their attacking midfielder becomes a striker. They pull you in all different sorts of directions. And the thing that could... I think is going to be their undoing is the lack of quality in the final third. They, they get wide open looks, but it, it's almost like they, they hurry their shots a bit too much. Mm-hmm. And in the knockout phases, that's going to be the difference. The, the quality in the final third, that that's the difference between winning and losing close games. I give Morocco the edge. Hakimi, it's like having an added winger or just attacking player coming from the right pack position. I know yeah, he can score off set pieces and set pieces in round of 16 and beyond. They can unlock defenses and win you games. Yeah, very good point. Let's uh, finish up here on the Wednesday matches. Ivory Coast against Egypt. Ooh, I mean, on paper, a very sexy game, Michael. What do you make of it? Oh, les elephants. They look good. <laughs> and the... Wilfred Zaha was on the bench today. <laughs> That's how stacked this team is. Yeah. Two players that give them the edge. And Sebastian Haller, he's having just one heck of a season. Such a technically gifted player. For most big, tall center forwards, you don't see that sort of technique. It, just going to Ajax and what he's bringing that sort of quality to Cote d'Ivoire. But Frank Kissy, the, the goal he scored today just the deft touch with his left foot to cushion that in the bottom corner. He, he's going he's gonna to be a player that if he gets old, he's going to go for a lot of money. And I'm calling him super Frank, not Lampard, but Kessie. He's going to be the difference to send them through. So to your point, Kessie has contracts up in the summertime. So, so it's all about the wages for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The one player on Camero- on the Ivory Coast that I've been watching and I need him at United is Ibrahim Sangari. I love mm. Ibrahim Sangari. He is literally like someone said today. He is what Michael uh, is what what Eric Diaby what, uh, Diaby would have been if Diaby was healthy. And he's just a, he's just an engine man. He just keeps going. His his header today. I was just like I, I want this guy United, but he's good. Ivory Coast woke up. I mean they 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 suspect shakily at, at at the back. Like everybody got done by Sierra Leone, which you saw the beautiful goal. Everybody yeah. got done. Um, <laughs> Even even when even when Sierra Leone was attacking him, you could see like they're shaky at the back. Um, yeah. I love Serge Aurier, but Serge Aurier to me, and like I don't mean no disrespect, Serge Aurier defends like a warlock, and he scares me. <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna get from Serge Aurier at all. So, you know, as, as a as a winger, like if you're Mo Salah, you're licking your lips like, hey man, I could outdo you. So you know, yep, yeah, never know. I mean, I think obviously the, the thing about this game as well is the f- uh, familiarity, right? But a lot of yeah. players in both sides know each other domestically speaking, so that could serve them as an advantage or a disadvantage in the knockout stages. Let's end it here, Michael, with Mali, Equatorial Guinea, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. What do you have? You got to go Mali. Uh, Mali, from top to bottom, they're just a solid 
team. And those are the most difficult teams to play against. They don't give you much off, you know, from their back line and offensively. Yeah. They, they have a striker in Kone who, you know, he, he's, he's a man child. He can score he's goals. So, he's a, so, yeah. he, he will, he, he loves and feeds off service and yeah. a half chance he'll punish you. Equatorial Guinea, they have been a surprise. They play good football. They're very technical. And the goal that they scored today, top of the 18, that was – I definitely did not expect that. I I mean, I had my popcorn in my hand, and before I knew it, it was spilled all over the floor, <laughs> expletive, expletive. So um, I'm still butthurt, so I can't root for Equatorial Guinea. But yeah. national biases aside, you got to go Mali. They're, they're just they're, – they're playing – solid football right now. Mm. And I agree with them. I mean, my lead just, again, one of my dark horses for the tournament before they started. I'm not going to bet against them now. Um, they got a very one of the best midfields in, in the whole entire tournament. I love Basuma. I love just everything they got in that field. So, listen, if they go far, don't be shocked. That's all I got to say about Molly. No, absolutely. All right. Well, let's do something uh, super fun here uh, before we uh, move on to the final thoughts. Uh, I'll just, I'm going to quickly just say the game. You, I, I know that you've already said it, but let's to remind everybody, you tell me the winner so we can have an idea of what the quarterfinals uh, could look like. All right, let's go uh, from Sunday again. Okay, so Michael, I'll ask you and then Tosin, I'll jump to you. Burkina Faso, Gabon. Who wins that one, Michael? Burkina Faso. All right, Tosin? Burkina Faso. Nigeria, Tunisia, Tosin, I don't even need to Nigeria. ask. Nigeria. <laughs> Michael? To Nigeria. <laughs> Guinea, Gambia, Michael. Oof, I am going Gambia. Tosin. I'm going to go with Gambia also. All right. Michael, Cameroon, Comoros. Oh, Cameroon, Indomitable Lions. Tosin. Cameroon. All right. Tosin, Senegal or Cape Verde? Senegal. Michael. Upset alert. Oh, I'm calling this one Cape Verd. Wow. <laughs> Tosin, Morocco, Malawi. Morocco. Michael. Ah, Morocco, Hakimi goal. There you go. So pretty much similar. Aside from that upset, upset mm -hmm. city, Cape Verd. Let's see what happens. All right. We're nearly done here. Final thoughts. By the way, uh, obviously, the uh, CAF to hold draw for AFCON 2023 on Friday. So make sure that every fan... Uh, from the continent, plays attention to that. And also the draw for the World Cup 2022 final playoffs on Saturday. By the way, if you didn't think entertainment enough, right, was uh, Africa Cup of Nations. Qualifying for the World Cup, Conmebol has always been one of the toughest in South America. Africa is a joke. It's like you could be so good until the, literally the last Second, it's so difficult. The World Cup playoffs, by the way, in pot one, Senegal, Morocco, Tunisia, Algeria, Nigeria, and pot two, Egypt, Cameroon, Ghana, Mali, and uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. So what do you have, Tozen? Thoughts on, on those pots? Give me Ghana. I need to make them cry. Speaking of Ghana, Ghana's crying. a mess, bro. Ghana's an absolute mess. <laughs> Thomas Partey was going it. through customs uh, <laughs> before that game was going through, right? Tosin, so you want Ghana, Tosin. Yes. Also, by the way, this is live. Thomas Partey got a red card in Arsenal's game. He came back today to England. <laughs> he liked the game and got two yellow cards. It was his therapy session, Tozen. Everything that yeah. he went through in Africa, he just took it out. Uh, How do you lose on two different continents in less than 24 hours? <laughs> How do you do that? I got to love it, man. Michael, yeah. give me some thoughts on those pots. 
I think it's very interesting that some of those names you called in those pots were shambolic at yeah. AFCON. And I think is as disappointing as they were at AFCON, I think you'll see a response from them. Why? Because they don't have a choice. Yeah. Ghanaian fans, they will run you out of the stadium. If you AFCON's one thing, if you don't show up and qualify for a World Cup, there will be problems. And Algeria, lots of questions to be asked about this team, but they have so much talent. I, I, I look for a response from those two in particular in World Cup qualification. No, absolutely. If I can use the parallel, Ecuador, a very good parallel to this. In, in Copa America, it's very difficult for them to try and get it going. I mean, sometimes they do some. The World Cup qualifiers, they have woken up. They are a step away from making it to the World Cup once again. And I feel when I look at these two parts, you know, it's it's wake up time for Ghana, Algeria, and say, what do you have? What what do you have to prove? And so we'll see what happens. But absolutely unbelievable. Never a boring day in Africa, especially when we discuss both the tournament and World Cup qualifiers. Before we say goodbye, any final thoughts? Before we say goodbye, Tosin McKinney, final thoughts, bud. Nigeria has to win. Um, and if Nigeria, <laughs> if and when Nigeria wins this tournament, you guys are going to get help from me from a good year. I'm leaving Twitter if this happens. Ah. McKinney. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding, man. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I'll yeah. be I'll be retweeting everything. <laughs> yeah. well, Mike, Michael, final thoughts, bud. Uh, I was going to say a lot of other things, but Nigeria has to lose just because you said so, Tosin. If they I'm, do. No, I'm telling I, you. I, Go I, ahead. I this is where, for all of the drama, this is where I think the real drama begins for, for AFCON. There's been such Cinderella stories. Sierra Leone kissing the badge. Whoop, wrong side. Again. <laughs> Don't do a Kieran um, trip here now. Comoros. Yeah. <laughs> but now this is where your 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 star players from the, the teams we talked about, the Senegals, this is where we see where are they at health-wise because they played a lot of soccer games and also which player, which teams are dependent on individuals and which teams are teams. The teams that win AFCONs are the, the teams that play like teams. So that will show through the next batch of games. I love it. The, the button has pressed, has been pressed. It's reset time. It's time to see who is going to deliver. Make sure that you check it out. And we're actually, we're going to keep on going with Afghan as well, uh, with these two fine gentlemen and some other guests as well. Tosin McKinney from CBS Sports Nigerian Scams on Twitter. Thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you, Luis. Appreciate you. Hey, Michael LaHood, an absolute legend. Make sure that you follow him as well on Twitter from Sierra Leone all the way to who you pick him to the, to be the winner, by the way, Michael, for the whole thing. Whee! Mm. Tosin, I know, I know, I know what your answer is. That's why I'm gonna give you. Tosin, I I hear you're Nigeria, and I upgrade you Cameroon. I think the home factor. This this is a good way to end it, right? The home factor, the home crowd. They're playing with an extra bit of pep in their step, and I'm not talking about Pep Guardiola. (laughs) They wish they had Pep in their ranks, but I mean, what Abubakar is doing in front of goal is is. Gary, no one wants to defend him right now. Tosin, that was a good way to end it, you think? Listen, AFCON <laughs> 2000 in Lagos. I'm 10 years <laughs> old in London. I, I'm nine, actually, about to be 10 in that summer. Never forget it. We lost. Victor Pebas penalty went over the line. It didn't count. I want blood and I want revenge in your <laughs> so bad. Give me Cameroon in the final. And I want a good six or seven. I want him to cry. 
That's what I want. (laughs) I love it, man. It's happening. AFCON will continue round of 16. I can't wait. Tosin McKinney, Michael LaHood, LME over here. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Kegolasso pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso, CBS Sports, and your CBS Sports app. Have a great, great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time.